Stacy. And I'm Norma. And we're Black Girls with Accents. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. So we are on episode four of our review of Small Acts, the Steve McQueen sensation that is now streaming on Prime. So in this week's episode, we are discussing Brixton Rock. And Brixton Rock is actually adapted from the Alex Wheatle novel of the same name. It's a fish out of water story but a young man who, you know, the country bumpkin who leaves uh, the country and moves to Brixton where he has to kind of learn how to survive on the mean streets and fight. It's, it's a coming of age story as well. And it's a story that resonates with me for a couple of reasons. One, I'm currently working on a book that deals with foster care of Caribbean and West African children in the 50s through the 80s. And what I'm discovering is many of these young people were placed in care in coastal cities, not in urban centres or metropolitan areas. And so they were very disconnected from a sense of a black identity. And so when they moved to these larger spaces with a a much more uh, culturally rich black population, they are, you know, clueless. And this resonates with me on a personal level as well, because I think this is how I felt when I first moved to the US and I didn't know that many black people and I knew nothing about, not that much, I should say, about American, black American culture. I'd seen Roots, I knew who Martin Luther King was, I obviously knew a lot about the music, um, but I really didn't, I really didn't know much. And so when I saw this character, I knew exactly what he was experiencing. What about you, Normi Norm? For me, it was like very same, very similar to what you're saying. And, but then more from the angle of coming from Amsterdam, where it was more uh, of a mixture of cultures and then coming to New York, which is called the melting pot, but then not feeling at all. Like, I mean, the mixture of cultures because like when whatever neighborhood you live in Canada that's just the group of people that you're with and so I was actually adjusting to that I wasn't used to just being with one particular group of people and I know it sounds like to me even saying it out loud like it sounds odd but that was really what it was it was very strange for me to just live with one group of people instead of seeing a mixture of people every day um but I love this story um also because of um, two childhood friends that we, not childhood, but teen friends that we made. And um, um, one of them was a, a young gentleman and uh, one of them was a woman. And they were raised outside of, so still in the Netherlands, but outside of Amsterdam. And um, like same like uh, Alex Weedle is raised and then joined us as, in, during our teenage years. And it was just interesting to see how they adjusted to our Amsterdam city environment. Yeah. yeah, I think the good thing about the story, I think a lot of people can relate to the story regardless of where they're from. It's a universal story, right, in terms of a coming age of story. Um, here's a young man who lacks confidence. He wants to fit in. And his difference is deno- denoted 
by his accent. And so like every nation, um, he has a particular regional accent as a result of being raised uh, out. We don't know. Um, I, I don't actually recall where he was um, raised in the beginning of the, of the film, but mm. he, you know, he speaks very properly, very posh. And so when he moves to Brixton, which is a very heavily populated Caribbean neighborhood, uh, they laugh at him. But accent is often equated with uh, education. Yes. So he is deemed as intelligent. Um, so that's one thing. But the second thing uh, what I like about the film is it also teases out the sense of loneliness and insecurity that comes from being a child placed in foster care and not quite understanding what happened to his own family and his yearning for belonging. And so it's very yes. easy for him, and we see this in a lot of films that deal with uh, street culture or gang culture, it's very easy for him to get sucked up into this world, into this underworld, because he's looking for a sense of family and the drug, you know, the petty crime um, and the youth on the street give him that sense of family. They take him in, even if they're ridiculing him, it's all in jest, right? He learns how to yeah. kind of walk the walk and literally talk the talk. And so he arrives wide eyed, naive, but over time learns how to kind of become acculturated into that street lifestyle. I also um, really, it really moved me as well to see a person who really gave it their all and tried their best. Like, I feel like his, his speeches, you know, he, you can tell that he worked on like how he spoke while he, where he was at, and still in that environment, he was constantly told that he was not enough and not even enough, but like bad and like punished. And, but then when he arrives in Brixton, you actually see that he's like, what would be like the uh, epitome of like, you know, like he, he comes off as excellence from what you're supposed to get out of, out of like being raised or educated or going to school. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was very interesting like that, that um, added to the loneliness that I felt for him. That I was like, he tried so hard to be exactly what they they just kept yelling at you that you were not, and and all that that was wrong. And I, he just couldn't see why it was wrong or right. what they claimed was wrong until he was around his own people, right. which he wasn't, which he wasn't used to seeing. And so it was very uh, moving to see him go through that and then see that fall off again. Like now I understand why these people treated me so badly when I thought that I was, and when he was doing his ultimate best to prove that he could be what they wanted him to be in a way. And, right. right. Um, a proper student, I guess, or not soon say student or, or even a um, foster child. And I, yeah, the, watching him go through that, that really moved me. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I think everybody wants to feel as though someone believes in them. Mm -hmm. And that's what he got, right? When he moves into this halfway home, um, that's what he gets. That they, And also to be seen. He's, you know, a young black male. This is the 70s. A young black male. So he's 
if he's seen, he's seen only within the definition of stereotypes. And in Brixton, he's seen as a young black male, but not as a young black male who's threatening or a young black man who is incapable of doing anything beyond something that's deviant. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, once again, with this episode, McQueen is squeezing in a lot, right? So there's the, the narrative of the young man who's trying to make it on the mean streets of Brixton in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Then we're also dealing with this young person who is looking for a sense of belonging, which he indeed earns and respect from, uh, from the street youth. And his love of music is what ultimately saves him and connects him to the community. Because yes. it's he spends all of his, you know, hard earned money, um, purchasing records with the ultimate goal of c- creating a sound system. And that's really big in England, and it's the same as in America, right? The the, the music mm. as a way Ooh. out, as a creative uh, outlet. We see that play out here. But then there's also a lot that's going on that in the background politically. And which brings us back to episode one. And I think if you look very closely at this suite of films, there's a there's this thread that's running through, which is a thread of social justice or the oppression of black British people in England. Yes. And it's running through. And so in this particular piece, in the um, Brixton Rock, we see the new crossfire. Uh, there is a, a march... And if you're unfamiliar with the New Cross fire, it was a um, there was a fire. It was intention an arson, an act of arson yes. that intentionally killed um, 13. thirteen young black um, boys and girls, and the, the the community was not only devastated by it. But they were outraged by it, as one could imagine. It was a, and one. It was one of the first times that they were able to, they being the community, were able to mobilize and have one of the largest mass demonstrations in response to this horrendous crime. And it was a crime that it wasn't the first time this kind of harassment or um, this kind of violence have been directed toward the black population. But in this particular yeah. case, it's because it was young people, it really, really, really hurt the community. And so it's out of this tragedy, we really get the beginning of a kind of new generation of black activists. It's not to suggest mm-hmm. that they weren't there before, but you have a, a, a younger generation, um, unlike the previous generation, many of whom came over on the Windrush, who were people in their 50s. Um, Now you get people in their 20s who are really beginning to be very vocal and take an active role in social justice uh, at this time. I've been treated, um, I think I probably mentioned it in our previous uh, podcast as well, but as a person at young and at the time and in the Netherlands, like I knew nothing about this, but what stands out to me is that Margaret Thatcher's name is used throughout this series yes. in a light that I've never heard it before because um, she's just shown to us in the Netherlands as like the Iron Lady and she's she's firm, but she's getting the job done. Um, 
so I thought it was very powerful and 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 new good new knowledge to see her name mentioned throughout these um, throughout the series and and see that there was um, um, points that where people were not satisfied with with how she was not addressing certain issues within the the English community um, and I thought that yeah that was that meant a lot for me to to see since I've I know her persona or about her from a different angle. Yeah, I mean she um you know she was right there with uh Ronald Reagan. They were mm. good friends with similar policies, especially in regards to policing and uh the interrogate not the interrogation but the oppression of the black community um communities of color really suffered under both reagan and thatcher uh under reagan we have like the crack epidemic uh which Mm -hmm. is also kind of tied to the hiv epidemic uh the use of needles and just sharing which is not heroin but um that's what was going on in the u.s at the time and so yeah, you make a really, you raise a really good point. She was PM from 79 until 1990. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she certainly crops up uh, in some of these stories. Uh, and it's interesting what you say, right, from a different light. Um, mm-hmm. Was not necessarily a friend to many in the black community. Uh, more an yeah. adversary, for sure. So, and before this um, um, series, I've ne- I really never had heard about these thirteen young Newcraft. black people in burning in a fire, and that, so these, those things are, you know, it's an hour flight. It's very disturbing to always um, hear any type of uh, violence against young people or black people or just police brutality. But it's always in, interesting to me that um, if they, when I was in the Netherlands and I think back at police brutality, um, then it always seems an American issue because uh, of the way they portray it. Uh, and there's only one time there's um, um, a young man um, that was um, got stabbed and then the, the taxi driver did not want to take him. Mm-hmm. And um, in the, this is in um, the Netherlands. This is in Amsterdam. Um, and the, because the taxi driver did not want to drive him, he 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 died. Um, and then we ended up having uh, that's the the own. That's I'm at the time. Uh, let me think of about the year that this. Oh my God, this is 1984, and so I'm ten years at the time, and we, I've, we've just never like heard anything like that and it but it was a big deal it was a big deal there are this artist uh frank buyen is uh was a group and they made a song called swartwit which means uh black white and it was the lyrics um in the chorus were like don't think black don't think white but think of the color of your heart mm-hmm. and i had just never in my country experienced anything like that before that was really something that I considered uh, being a, um, an American thing. And so now to, as an adult, learn that there was similar things going on like that in the UK, 
it just shows me how filtered our news is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the right, there were race riots that go back to the 50s, around 1950, the mid 1950s, because there were these what we call sus laws, suspect laws, the, the police, you know, heavy, heavy police surveillance of mm-hmm. um, primarily Caribbean. Um, households. We spoke about this um, in episode three about how my father was a, um, unfortunately, a some mistaken Yikes. identity, and <laughs> that the police came and you know broke down the door looking for uh, the wrong man. So, and we, we lived in a very small. I mean, not a major city. Uh, we lived in a you know really small, not rural, not quite rural, but a kind of village like almost. So these stories are important because there is this idea that all of the bad things that happen to black people either happen in South Africa or in America. Yes. For a long time, that was the narrative, especially in the, I would say, 80s through the late 90s. For obvious reasons, right? Apartheid is happening. And in America, this long history of, you know, from slavery to segregation, to civil rights movement, to the black power movement. So there's, you know, there's a long history that's been recorded and taught Mm -hmm. and um, documented in film or song or novel. But even though the same kinds of efforts have happened outside of the U.S., they've remained insular to those particular nations. We happen to be talking about England right now, but any nation with former colonized residents has the similar history. The same is true for France and it's true for Italy. God knows Spain and Morocco, North Africa and the relationship that they've had. Um, And then you think about someone like Canada and Canada is not immune, right, either in North America Mm-mm. as well. It has the same kind of history of racism and the systemic racism, police brutality, etc. So these are new. These are stories that are new to a whole generation of of um, viewer. And I'm so glad that the stories are out there for people to understand what it's like to grow up black in England. When, when people learn you're from yes. Europe and you're black, they, there's an assumption that life has been easy for you and you've not experienced any of these things. And from truthfully, as individually, I didn't experience anything like this, but obviously being a kid and seeing the police knock down my door, you know, I, yes. I, I was, I was part of that, right? I did experience it, that I didn't internalize it. It was more like, yeah. oh my gosh, the police came, you know, tell all your friends. I didn't recognize how easy it, it was for the police to just assume because my dad was black and because he was Jamaican that he was the wanted drug dealer they were looking for. Um, and, and how given, easily it could have went a whole yeah, different way. And, and, and there were only, where we lived, there were only four black families in our area, in mm. our immediate, immediate area. Maybe five. I mean, there's mm. not a lot of black people where we were, so... Um, you know, did they go to every home until they found me? God knows. What I do, what I want to actually, because you made a really good point, and I think this is important 
for our, our listeners to also that I agree and make it more clear that the same, yes, the same things happen um, in Europe. And like you said, in uh, Canada, Africa, Canada, like all these places. And so since when it comes to the U.S., we acknowledge people by their names. So I just want to take a moment to acknowledge um, um, the young boy by his name. He was 15 years old. His name was Karen Dahlmeier. He was um, black and then from um, until descent, so that would probably be Curacao descent, um, where his family was from. And um, to show you how times really don't change that much. So even after the group, uh, Frank Buyan uh, group made the song, um, they were threatened and at one point needed uh, police uh, protection at their uh, dressing rooms for making a song that actually was asking people to look past skin colors and think with the color of your heart. So I think it's um, there's um, there's also a film with the title called Skin that is about uh, Karen and uh, the young boy that was murdered. And um, so yes, it, it is maybe it's a good thing I think to say out loud that so that people acknowledge that this is really for the black community a collective thing. And like like you, thank God, I don't have an immediate family member or a loss that way. But the effect that this had on me as a 10-year-old, I remember really well. Well, let me clarify. I didn't have a loss growing up in England known to me in that way. But I did hear, I did hear in mm. America, um, have an experience um, personally, which I believe I may have discussed on one of the podcasts. But um, anyway, at any rate, this uh, to, to connect it back to the story and what you just said, right? Naming is important, so I appreciate you enlightening us about this, this young man. Here in Small Axe, Brixton Rock, Alex is able to start up his sound system with a childhood friend, but unfortunately to finance... To finance this um, <laughs> endeavor, he had to uh, move and sell some weight, as they say on the streets. And, you know, that always comes with danger, right? That always comes yes. with, uh, well, we know what it comes with. <clears throat> and so there's a, com so he is in jail. He ends up in jail. Um, and, but in jail actually is the place where he can truly find himself because he's an aspiring writer and that's not really expressed. We know that he writes his songs and his, and his chants over the music, but in jail, he meets a, I would say kind of a spiritual advisor, uh, yes. an older roster who at first he's just kind of annoyed with and the, the man's very impatient is, is actually very patient with him and maybe because he's seen many young men of these yeah yeah like this i mean he grossed me out of the bat because his stomach was upset so i was like oh this is hard but i really did love how they planned them together yeah because this was a man who you wouldn't have taken for an intellect a well-read man mm -hmm. and we see this in no matter what nation you're from but i will we'll, we'll stick to the film right that we know many people like this maybe there are uncles 
or just kind of family friends who are, you know, very smart. They may not have degrees and titles behind their name, but they're well read and they mm-hmm. are people who are thirsty for knowledge and they seek knowledge in all kinds of places, right? They don't rely necessarily on standard European or Western viewpoint that they're willing to do the work and track down alternative ways of knowing, right? Epistemological ways of knowing, right? How we know what we know. So this man, this older man, is giving him the tools for how to survive out there in the world. We learn that he's actually in there for some minor infraction, right? Because he wanted to confront the British establishment and to kind of expose mm-hmm. them for their lies. And then he stands behind that, right? That, that he believes very deeply in his noble cause. And so Alex yes. is, we see in the film, you know, somewhat dismissive of him. But those lessons are taken to heart so that by the end of the film, we see that he can follow his true passion and in his own way kind of speak truth to power. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I I thought it was a very um, powerful moment when he um, on the bench uh, mm-hmm. as he's going through his files, and because I felt like um, even though it doesn't necessarily solve the 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 loneliness, I felt some peace in the no- loneliness, and I I so I really appreciated that moment, um, and kind of also like this life just went on after that moment too like and i so i i like when there's no magical solution it was just something that like a growth was shown and i um i yeah i, I appreciated that in, in the film yeah don't you think that's been true of all of the episodes there, there hasn't been a neat ending and everybody goes off into the sunset it was still left with questions right this kind of ended yeah. for us yeah, and not to pull our last upcoming review on it. If anything, um, the education gave me the most of like, okay, not close, but like we're going somewhere. The rest at first gave me a little bit like, oh my God, how many more years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, I do, um, I felt like I could see what was done there. And I, and yeah, so I'll save that for the, for the, following uh, and final uh, podcast on this. But yes, I know what you mean. It was more like, okay, we've gone through this storm and we're moving forward, but not necessarily with better tools, but not necessarily the final tools. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think that's a great way to, to wrap it up. So we hope that you've enjoyed this. And as you can see, what we're doing is we're not necessarily going through to give a review of the film, but connecting the films to our personal experiences as a way to um, not necessarily give everything away in the film, hopefully tease it enough to inspire you to watch it on your own. Again, as a reminder, it's streaming on Amazon Prime. So we hope that you will take the initiative and, and watch all of the episodes. Yeah, and I think for our uh, listeners outside of the u.s or who don't have amazon i know it's a, a, a BBC, bbc show right yeah and and so yeah so please look at 
the platforms that um, um, how do you say that co-sign with like uh, BBC. I've noticed that because I've I've had somebody said, look, if you don't have Amazon, where else can you watch it? So um, please look for a platform that uh, supports uh, BBC broadcasting and you'll be able to f- uh, find those shows as well. It's Small X. It's five episodes and we'll review uh, one more, which will be our episode on education. You can follow us on Instagram. Come and interact with us. And especially, um, actually, you can also follow Small X on uh, Small X series on Instagram. It's actually a very um, interesting um, um, profile on uh, Instagram. So go check them out as well and you'll be able to see some more information uh, on the series. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. See you next time.